Welcome to the future of XYZ. I'm your host, Lisa Grelnick, principal and founder of LVG & Co., an independent strategy consultancy based in New York City. Through quick and candid conversations with innovative leaders, we aim to foster new thinking and explore big questions about where we are as a world and where we're going. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Future of XYZ. It's a really special one in a bunch of different ways, most notably because me, myself, and I, Lisa Grelnick, am going to be the guest uh, on this special 50th episode, which marks also exactly one year since our first episode of Future of XYZ. Um, So thank you for joining us. And Uh, The moderator, the host for today is my friend, Anne Choquette, and I'm going to let Anne take over from here and introduce yourself. Anne, thank you for doing this. Well, thank you for joining us on XYZ, on the future of XYZ. Um, I am so thrilled to be here. It's an honor to celebrate a year, 50 episodes, like that is a monumental accomplishment. So um, congratulations to you. Um, I am Anne Choquette. I am the founder and CEO of New Power Media and um, the owner of The List, which is a network of high-impact women in media technology and entrepreneurship. Um, I, um, I love these conversations. I actually came up in the world as a journalist. I was editor-in-chief of Seventeen magazine for almost a decade, and um, I'm the author of a book called *The Big Life*. And my favorite thing, the through line of all of the pieces of my career, is having conversations with women about their possibility in the world. How can we help you recognize your power and step into your power? And I feel like the future of X Y Z has been an important piece in the power of Lisa, in seeing your vision expressed in the world. Um, So I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, I don't wanna start in the future and I don't wanna start at the beginning. I wanna start in the now. I wanna know why now, why during the year of 2021, (laughs) crazy, insane year, not at all what any of us planned, why is it important to look into the future? Um, well, it's a, it's a great question. I, I think that there, there are multiple ways of, of, of thinking about it. I think the time-bound question of why now is because this pandemic, this COVID pandemic swiped the world kind of uh, to, totally took us um, I, I think by surprise, right? I mean, everything just full stopped in March of twenty of twenty twenty around the world. I, no one was anticipating it except the experts who hadn't anticipated it quite in this way. Um, and so, I think we need to be looking into the future to really anticipate the important topics, whether they range from art and humanity, you know, to science and technology or business and and politics, which are the topic areas that we cover on Future of XYZ to say like, what do subject matters think? You know, where have we been? Where are we now? And where are we going? So that's really important to me on the one front, which is like, we we gotta get better at anticipating what's coming down the pipeline. 
The second reason is as a strategist, as a brand builder, as a business advisor, which is what I've always done, I have always been, you know, I say my superpower is seeing things at 3,000 feet or even 30 feet and 30,000 feet. Like I go high and low, you give me a little bunch of details and I can tell you the big picture and you give me the big picture, I can break it into details. And that's largely because of the way my brain works, obviously, as both left and right brained, both in, you know, analytical as well as intuitive, but also my experience is very vast. It's very, very broad and it covers everything from the, you know, high level strategy to the down low supply chain operations type piece. And so I often, and my business, you know, LVG and Co is positioned at working with companies or individuals who at a point A, B, or C, and want to get to a vision point in the future, X, Y, or Z. And we help you do that. And so that's how, you know, the, the future came to be, which is, you know, what is your vision, strategic vision for an organization or an individual? So that is the combination of reasons why I think it's really important to talk about the future. Um, you touched on it a little bit, but I think my other question about the underpinnings of the future of X, Y, and Z is like, why you? Like, why, why is the future important to Lisa? I understand why it's important to your clients. And I sort of understand the macro picture of, um, my goodness, a year that none of us could anticipate. And how do we start to get a bigger view of what's ahead? But like, what is it in you that's particularly interested in the future? Oh gosh, I mean, I think there are lots of answers to that question, Anne. I think at the end of the day, I have always been really good at anticipating what's coming. And the problem with that is that everything in life is about timing. And if you're say, and Anna Winter has a great quote that I'm going to mess up, but you might have it, which is basically like, if you say the right thing at the wrong time, it's still the wrong thing. Um, and I have often found myself in that position of just being a little ahead of the curve and it's not heard, you know, whether it's in a meeting and you, within the first five minutes, you say something and 45 minutes after everyone's talking, someone else does it and they get the credit for the idea or whether it's, you know, anticipating what happened on January 6th. And, you know, having people literally walk out of the room and, and friendships because they thought you were, you know, an air stare and, 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 and crazy. And you're saying like the, the, these things line up. Um, you know, my grandfather even said to me when I was in college, you know, you're far too young to be so cynical. I said, I'm not cynical. I'm just putting the pieces together of what happens when you have campaign finance and financials running a democratic system. Ultimately, you no longer have a democracy. You have a pay to play you know, system that leads to oligarchy and, and corruption. And it's what we're seeing right now. So I think for me, I, in, in many ways, this is about me just having a, a platform to share my unique perspective. But more important than that really is like you, I am not a journalist, but I love talking to people and I love learning. I, again, my career trajectory, you know, has covered so many geographies and so many functions and so many industries because I am a consummate learner. I, I, there's really nothing I'm not curious about. And that's where this kind of opportunity came about was I'm having these conversations offline. Why not share them online so other people can benefit? 
Um, and you know, that's where the format came about and everything else was like, how do we do it quick and snappy and, and unedited and down and dirty so that there really is a learning out of it rather than a kind of a prepackaged idea. So that's, it's, it's, it's really important and it's a word I overuse, but it's super relevant to me because both it's where I've always been and, you know, felt kind of like not heard or seen, but more importantly, I love talking with people and the people I'm able to interview on this series are experts in their field. And so it's fascinating to be able to get into their mindset and their industry's mindset and understand where they see the future going. I love how your brain works. And I can, and even just in this little snippet of conversation together, I can see how fast and the connections that you're making and how you see something over here and you're like, wait, it goes with this thing. And I can imagine that even those conversations with your grandfather, you were like making connections that other people weren't making. And I think that that, um, 45 minutes later or four months later that you saw it ahead of everybody else is because you are like moving fast and pulling in a ton of information. We got to get you to run with a faster crowd. So you feel like surrounded by people that, um, that are moving as quickly and effectively as you are. Um, I think that that's, I think that that's brilliant and the kind and frankly that's the kind of thing that we all wish we could do we all wish we could see into the future and like you can you you have the ability to put the pieces together um so talk to me a little bit about what did you learn this year like what are the um what are the give me two takeaways that you learned that you that you think about all the time Wow. I mean, two, Anne. I mean, every week, you know, Everybody this is, yes. every week is amazing. I mean, this is episode 50, right? So we have 49 under our belt and they have again ranged and everything from, it started with, you know, the future of humanity. That was our first episode with Lorna Davis, who it, you know, was, oh. the, I mean, of course, right. Like light, Lightweight topic, start with a totally light, lightweight topic. Exactly. And she was so amazing because she was the, she was the CEO of Janone. She brought it into the world as this large, the largest B Corp. She then was an ambassador to B Labs, which certifies B corporations. Um, and she's a coach and an elder, and she's just a phenomenal human being. And, you know, what I do is allow the guests to choose their topic. Obviously there's a there's a lane that you play in, but ultimately they, you want them to talk about. And so Lorna was, you know, let's talk about the future of humanity, like no small feat. But I think about each episode is phenomenal, right? Um, the ones that have really stuck with me um, ha have been myriad. I mean, the future of ice hockey with um, Omar Mitchell, who is, you know, the, the head of sustainability and special products at, projects at the NHL, the National Hockey League hit me hard because he was so, I mean, he was someone I personally didn't know before. Many of these people I've known before. Um, and he is so well-spoken, so passionate, so in the weeds, but also strategic. So I appreciate that. He was able in 20 minutes to give us an overview of an incredible number of initiatives, both at the local level for, you know, in terms of sustainability of the hockey arenas themselves that take water, right? But also like the future of the sport in a climate changing world, right? Which is phenomenal, but also 
it's a really expensive and time intensive sport. And so how do you build passion into a diminishing audience, you know, and therefore diminishing players? So it was a really awesome episode. My dad also worked for the, you know, a hockey team for a long time. So it was close to my heart. Um, that one stuck with me. Uh, Colin Mangle, who talked about the future of biomimicry, was just awesome because I love Colin, first of all. But also, I mean, you know, he pulls out like the idea of Velcro being created by an inventor whose dog got stuck on some, you know, birds. And that was the way in nature, you know, and then he brought up, you know, he has all these like show and tells during the, the episode that talk about, you know, how nature rules. I mean, we had an indigenous elder talking about relationships and this, the, the sun, you know, the tornasol that turns to the sunshine and the way that people and including, you know, all of nature turns to itself and community, you know, to survive and thrive. Um, I mean, I don't even know where, where to end. I mean, the two takeaways, I, I, I can't. I mean, every week I find myself in regular conversations being like, well, last week or two weeks ago on Future of XYZ, I mean, I, my friends must hate me, but I'm like, there's always something pertinent and that I'm able to take away. And I just wish more people were listening because it's like, you know, you get this like deep dive master education in 15 or 20 minutes of completely unscripted conversation with some of the world's leaders in whatever we're talking about. Well, I love how when you talk about the future of hockey, for example, what you're really learning are like life lessons, right? That, that this is from someone who um, is thinking about all the threads of his business and he's, and he's excelling as a leader, as a thought leader. Um, and, um, I listened to a lot, I learned a lot of like life lessons in listening, mm -hmm. the future of comedy. Mm -hmm. I learned about, I learned about, I, I, I don't even know if it was about the future. It's about now, right? How you connect with someone, which is, <laughs> we're desperate for a laugh and to make connections and um we yeah we all need we all need a laugh or even the right. one the, the woman in the future of luxury oh yeah um, the former so, chairwoman of lvmh i mean pauline brown right and to and when we are in a moment where the economy retail fashion beauty is all being turned upside down but like she's talking about what is lasting? What is value, right? How do you, she's not, just, we're not just there talking about like the future of fancy handbags, right? We're there talking about what does an exclusive, um, immersive experience feel like and how can you create that in other parts of your life, whatever your business is, whoever you are. I really, um, I appreciate so much that these that yes, the less the the episodes are called the future of luxury, the future of hockey, the future of COVID. You said you did um, that. What you're really learning are the important things we need to know now um, to grow our life. Well, I th I love that, Anne, because it's true. And you know, Pauline Brown and the future of luxury and aesthetics you know, she wrote a book called Aesthetic Intelligence, you know, the new AI, I mean, which is fabulous. And just this, you know, last episode of 
episode 49 was with another, you know, fashion, you know, uh, legend, you know, the, the couple Martin and Karen Cooper, you know, he was the executive creative director at Burberry for years and Bellstaff and she's had exotic handbags. And, and, you know, they've built this business, you know, which is the most amazing name and it's on place cards and it's about the art of gathering. And so we talk about the future of gathering and it's a perfect example of, in fact, you know, I, I, I start these like, what is the topic we're talking about and like kind of ground us in the reality. And then we talk about, you know, and where is it today? And, and then where is it going? Because if we're not grounded to your point in the, the today and the history, I fundamentally as a strategist cannot build a strategy for the future right? If I don't know where we are and a little bit at least of where we've been. Now, the, the past matters less, but I care because that's the intellectual pursuit of being able to tie the things together. But if we don't know where we are today and have a really clear conviction and understanding of, let's call it best practice, you know, the, the hurdles and the challenges, but also the opportunities and the best practice, it's impossible to go forward. And I think that's what we've really learned through this pandemic sideswiping the world, at least in my opinion, is we need to get grounded in reality of today and understand, therefore, what is the potential for tomorrow. And so that's where I really love these conversations and what you've taken away of like, how do I incorporate this into the now? I think that will set us up for a better future. So that is how we kind of tie the present and the future. Do you think that we are in a slowdown? I mean, there's a lot of conversation of um, about the great reset. You know, people are reevaluating the speed at which we used to live since we've all been locked in our homes for 18 months. We're evaluating things that are meaningful to us. But at the same time, it feels like change is happening really fast, like the future is coming at us faster than ever before. And so as you reflect on the things you've learned and the speed of change, what, where are we now in our, as I have a fly, my goodness, I need, I need the fly to go away. Um, but tell me about like where we are, where we are, um, do we need to speed up? Do we need to slow down? Do we need to turn right? Like, what is what is your takeaway about how this year has gone? I think this year, let's, I mean, it's almost two years now, right? I mean, the pace of change has been accelerating exponentially, especially technological change. And I do this whole talk about, you know, navigating change, because that's what I've always done as you know, I'm not just a strategist, I've always been a change agent and that's what I go into companies to do. Um, and I think one of the things that we need to be able to anticipate is that the pace of change is in fact accelerating. This is just, you know, since the industrial revolution in 1800, we have created an entirely new uh, geologic period. It's the first time one has ever in the history of the earth been created by a single species. And it is called, um, and it's based on the era of man. That is what it's called. And, and it is because we have so fundamentally altered this planet 
since 1800, right? And it is about adding 6 billion people to the, to the planet, right? In addition to the technological innovation. But if we look, and there are some great books out there about the exponentialization, there's, there's this amazing, amazing image. And it's basically like, you know, this is technological change. Like you climb the mountain, right? Okay, fine. You get to the top of the mountain. Where we are today is you get to the top of the mountain and you're given a jetpack and you go straight up. That is how fast change is happening in the tech sector. If you think about like, you know, our, our, our phones, right, in, in, in our pockets, these are far more, something in the times of 5,000 times more powerful than the biggest computers were in the 70s, right, that took multi, multi, multi rooms. So we are exponentializing change on the tech front. And I think in order to uh, adjust to that change on the human front, um, it requires enormous efforts. In addition, of course, our societies are changing um, fundamentally. I mean, what we saw in terms of the social outreach last year, Black Lives Matter, among other things coming out of George Floyd's hor horrific murder, I think really, really speak to the fact that people um, recognize that change needs to happen and we can't wait. Um, what's very curious about your question to me, where do I see things going? Um, I would like to say that there is this whole mindfulness movement happening and that people are learning how to slow down health, wellness, et cetera. People are slowing down and taking stock of our lives because of, you know, this last year of horror and whatever. Bless you. Um, but I think in the end, um, I don't see it slowing down. I think we each just have a choice to make of how we adjust and how we cope. And I think that's really um, the, the only choice ahead of us because the world and the technology and the pace of business is not slowing down, regardless of what people might hope. You, you said something interesting I've not heard you say before that you see yourself as a change agent with your clients and in your business. And that word, even as we're talking about the future and the way things are going to change, that idea of change, you don't, you don't say change, right? You talk about the future and the evolution, but change is scary, right? People are very, very, very resistant to change. And I mean, I, it's, um, what I think that as I'm listening to you, I see the future happening with my kids. I look at the way my kids think and I think to myself that I have a responsibility to be open to the changes that they are leading. And then at the same time, I'm like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> and so, and, and so but, I, but that's just a microcosm of a larger reaction that people have to changes around them, right? What can I control? What, what is gonna, what can I, um, uh, what, it's funny, I say very often, I would much prefer to be the architect of change than to let change happen to me. However, yes, but <laughs> there's a lot of things that I can't control, right? That I've had Absolutely. to, as much as that, that that feels like a very, that's something I talked about in my book in 2017. That feels like very 2017. 2021 <laughs> has taught me that, like, I would rather be the architect of change and also need to accept the things over which I have zero control to architect. Absolutely. So how, so my question to you is as you're thinking through change and the future, like how do we 
deal with this information? How do we, how do we process the change and um, think about what we can control and what we can't control? Well, I, I always, I mean, I joke all the time, like, you know, change is the only constant in life. I mean, this is, these are famous people who throughout history have talked about this. Benjamin Franklin says like the only thing certain in life are death and taxes. The, the precursor to that statement that is very famous is in fact, like it change is inevitable. Um, but people hate change. And that's the start of my talk that I was chatting about before is the quote that like, change is inevitable, people hate change. And as a change agent, I, I, I joke, like when you go into a company as a change agent, even if that's what you've been tasked with doing, right? There are 10,000 ways of failing and 9,999 of them have nothing to do with you as the change agent not doing your job well. It has to do with the resistance that yeah. people have to change on, on a micro and a macro, on a personal, on a you know professional, on, on the community level, on the individual level. So I, I, I get it, right? And, and we don't like change to be forced upon us, but often it is. And, and, this, and this pandemic has certainly showed that more than anything, among other things. And climate change is also going to be one of those things that pushes us, right? And if you live in a war zone, heaven forbid, you know, it's been, it's been foisted upon you in, in, in devastating ways. So I, I would say, you know, I think that we adjust and adapt to change. Um, I love change personally. And sometimes I wonder how in the world I'm, why I can't remember the lesson of how hard it is every time. I, I keep changing things. You know, I recently moved to, from Brooklyn to rural Connecticut. And, and I wake up almost every day being like, how did this happen and why? Like, what did I, what was I thinking? Not because it's not great, but because I had no need to leave Brooklyn. I loved Brooklyn, right? There were other factors, but it changes everything. And I keep forgetting. And I joke that it's like you jump in a rabbit hole, you know, and you expect to just pick up your path when you come out of the rabbit hole, but like life changes. And i I, you know, I would say that like, I'm someone who constantly is probably pushing myself harder than I should and not necessarily in a strategic direction. Like change for the sake of change, I think is something that probably is in, in my DNA. Um, and it's something I have, to, I have space and time to reflect on why right now. And as I look towards the future, you know, there is a real question of what is, what is the thing that I want to do with this power that I have to to see, uncover, enable others to share their vision um, as we think about it, because change is coming and it is happening faster as we've just established, or at least I believe it is. And I think most of us, to your kid's point, are seeing, you know, and you talk, um, I mean, if you look at any of these episodes, there are cases in point um, where people are talking about the exponentialization of, of rapid change towards the future. So I, I'm really thinking that, you know, change is the way that we find our own substance and our own resilience and, and push ourselves to grow. So if we can embrace change instead of fighting it, it does make it easier. It doesn't make it easy. Um. I think that, I mean, as even as you're saying it, I'm like, that's easier said than done, right? Like I could, I could embrace all the change, but I want my changes. I don't want your changes. I don't totally. want you, <laughs> I don't want the ones that you want to bring to me. Totally. Um, so Zoom ahead a year from now, 50 more episodes of XYZ, the end of 2022, um, 
hopefully we will all have had vaccinations and boosters and we will be gathering in person again. Um, hopefully uh, we'll see some progress on climate change. <laughs> we'll see, yeah, the, the um, but what else? Where, like, it's a short-term future, but like, talk to me about where we're gonna be in a year. Well, personally, I'm going to be super immune. Uh, you know, Dr. Stephen Phillips, who is guest 48, um, talking about the future of COVID-19, uh, which he knows a lot about as the former infectious disease head at the CDC, New York City Department of Health, and the chief medical officer at Exxon, um, with a pedigree that is just shockingly impressive. Uh, he believes that we are moving from pandemic to endemic, which means it's more like the flu. Um, however, as you know, uh, I'm recording this right now with a breakthrough case of COVID. Um, you know, I am quarantined and all the rest just three days before I got my, was scheduled to get my booster. Um, it's really ugly and I am so grateful that I am generally healthy and have space to be isolated and also that I had both my previous vaccines. Um, but I tell everyone get boosted. But I will be super immune, hopefully, in a year. Um, so there's that. I hope that he is right that it will be endemic and not a discussion of, you know, a daily discussion. I hope that we will have made progress. A lot of what I believe, you know, I'd like to see us moving towards a circular economy. Uh, I had an amazing guest, Joss Blario, who is the head of the of circular economies at the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, talking about it. A lot of these topics talk about sustainability um, and social impact. Those are those are areas that I just fundamentally in my value system believe are imperative for us having a better future, not just a future. Um, and so I'd like to see us making progress across this. You know, campaign finance. We had you know a, uh, one of the mayoral candidates for New York City, Art Chang, talking about campaign finance. He ran the finance, you know, campaign finance board at New York City. It was fascinating to hear about that. But, you know, we have topics like, you know, USC Dornsife Center for Life, you know, Kami Akhavan talked about the future controversy. It requires us to do serious work. And that is, I guess, coming back to the change question and the future I see 50 episodes from now, which is like, we, we each have a responsibility to look into our past, to acknowledge and reckon with our present and then choose a path towards the future that we can control knowing that much of it will be uncontrollable because change is inevitable, right? And I think that this is what I would say for all of us in 50 episodes, I hope that we have all come to better terms with this reality and that the future that we want to create is imperative that we take responsibility for that and be our best versions and be willing to reckon with the tough questions and also be a little bit more humble in the fact that like we're on this planet for a very short time. You know, can we leave it better than when we came on it? And if we as, you know, 8 billion people can do that, the future will be a lot brighter than if we go down a path of resistance uh, and holding on to what was because it will, it will not stay this way. Um, and I hope that each of these episodes that we have, 49 and now today 50, in one year from now, we have another 50 under our belt and we've been able to shed light on even more topics that are meaningful and important to people uh, to help them ground themselves in what was, what is, and what's coming down the pipeline for the future of you know, art, science, technology, and humanity broadly.
I love, I, I love what you've said. I love how you said it. Um, I want to live in that future. Um, one of the most important things I learned this year was from a leadership coach named Christina Blacken, who's a member of the list, which is my community. And um, I said to Christina, it has been the hallmark of my career to convince people to see the world my way, right? I am on a, I am on a mission to help women step into their power, as I said. And I said to her, how do I do that? How do I convince people? And she said, Anne, you have to stop trying to convince people. She said, just find the people who believe in what you believe in and who see the world the way you do. And together you will make the change that you wanna see in the world. And so as I'm listening to you sort of paint this picture of where we will be in a year, like I'm on team Lisa, I, I wanna live I'm on in- I want to live in that world where, um, where we are taking responsibility and we're looking back and we're looking ahead and we're being thoughtful and collaborative and um, diverse and transparent and all of those all of those amazing um, qualities that are going to drive us forward with optimism. Right. I think that that's one of the like most brilliant takeaways from your entire series is how optimistic everyone is about the future. So um, I thank you for bringing for bringing us that optimism and for and for painting a picture of where we'll be in a year. I think that's I think that's a really beautiful place. I want to be there. Thanks, Anne. And thank you so much for, 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 for hosting this one year uh, anniversary 50th episode special edition of Future of XYZ. I really, really am very, very grateful. Thank you. And I am wishing you good health. <laughs> I am thank sending you. you love and healing and maybe some actual chicken soup. <laughs> thank you for that. And for everyone listening, thank you uh, for tuning in for this first year and 50th episode. Uh, you know where to find us, hopefully, on Future of XYZ. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and most podcast streaming platforms. And be sure to follow us on Future of XYZ on Instagram. And as we look towards 2022 and the next 50 episodes, uh, we are taking nominations for guests. So visit future-of.xyz to nominate uh, some brilliant people who are in your circles, including yourself. Uh, we look forward to seeing you again next week for a special Thanksgiving episode. And thank you. And thank you again, Anne. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Future of XYZ. If you like what you've been hearing, please follow Lisa Grelnick on LinkedIn. Visit future-of.xyz or subscribe to the Future of XYZ podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.